Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Charles McGregor, and you can hear it in his game that he just released called Hyperdot. Charles is a local fella, so I've known him actually for quite some time, and we talk about that. Also, because he lives here in the Minneapolis area, uh, he was able to come here and do an interview here, which never happens. I'm always doing interviews over Skype, so it was really fun to have him here, and we got to play the game together, and Hyperdot is an absolutely fantastic game. And so, yeah, we'll hear Charles talk about his music as well as the game itself, Hyperdot. Pleasure to have you here. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> In my house, as yes. we were talking, is a very rare thing for a level uh, interview. So it's pretty cool to have you here. Yeah. Well, no, I really appreciate uh, you having me on here. Yeah. Um, just a little background, Charles. I've known you now uh, for, God, it's been, I would guess, seven years. Ooh, yeah. I think that that would make sense because it was at some glitch event mm-hmm. that we met. Yes. I did a DJ thing. I think that's the first oh, time I yeah, met you. That, I think that, yeah. And that I can't remember sense. if that was 2011 or 2012. So that maybe it's been, been like, eight years. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think that might've been 2012 yeah. or something like that. I feel like you were working on Hyperdot then. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, around then I was working on various different projects. Um, okay. I was trying to figure out uh, things. So I was like, Were you oh. a student then? Yes, I was a student. Uh, okay. In fact, I have been a student for the majority of the time that you've uh, known me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I just graduated. Well, just. Okay. I just graduated uh, two years ago. Okay, so. cool. Cool. So when did you start working on Hyperdot? Uh, it is at this point, um, I am now at the three years and three quarters mark. Okay. Something around there. Okay. Um, where I've been uh, uh, just like, yeah, hammering away on it uh, mm-hmm. for the most part on my free time. And then after that, it's uh, I've had the like been so super fortunate to work on it like full time. Yeah. I mean, tell us about the game. So the origin story of uh, Hyperdot uh, is a project called Anti-Piracy. I was, uh, as I mentioned, I was a student. So I had a research topic that I had to do, and it was a project. Um, and it was in a class that had nothing to do with video games at okay. all. But of, I tend to shoehorn video games into things, so I'm more interested in it. Um, so in this research topic, I was like, oh, what about anti-piracy techniques in video games? So that's like, uh, oh, do we put in like DRM or do or what are some other techniques that we can use to make it so that people don't pirate our games and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. The professor was like, you can do anything that you want, just no PowerPoints. Uh, okay. And I, I really love PowerPoints. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the, like the super nerds who are I'm gonna like, remember that. <laughs> oh yeah, I was a super. I was like, oh, uh, when I was I don't know five or something, I was go on my parents' computer and just like make powerpoints. <laughs> it was, I don't know why, but uh, so I was like, oh, I'll make a game instead, no problem. Uh, 
So the original idea I had four days because I kind of procrastinated on it. Um, <laughs> I had four days to make a game uh, based off of this research topic. Uh, okay. I was in, it was a group project, so the other person was doing like the paper, and I okay. was doing I was doing the creative part. Okay. I don't know, um, <laughs> not necessarily the the hard stats and statistics. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, no problem. I'll make this game four days. That's no issues. <laughs> it originally was. Uh, it originally was. You played as. Uh, back then, I called them circles. Um, okay. You played as a circle, and then <laughs> there's a bunch of shapes that come in uh, around the arena, and then you just have to avoid them all. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. There were two modes. There was a normal mode yeah. where you had piracy protection. Um, <laughs> there was not a lot of people that, or not a lot of like shapes that showed up. Okay. Um, but then there was a hard mode where you're like, I don't know, I don't care. <laughs> um, so everybody was like, oh, free game. So then all these shapes show up uh, and you have to dodge them all and stuff like that. Okay. I was reaching, I just really wanted to make a game. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which you had done before. You'd done game jams and dabbled. So I yes. mean, you were, you were, this was something you'd done before. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is something I've done before. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally just wanted to be like, I want to make, uh, like my college life more interesting and, and my school work more interesting. So yeah. yeah, let's make a game. Yeah. So I did that. And then uh, I had that presentation. I want to say it was like that Tuesday. Um, it was like wow. early in that week. It was like a yeah. uh, early week. And then after that on Friday, there was a glitch play test. Uh, glitch is a local um, uh actually glitches the people that are publishing my game. Yes, <laughs> but do explain who they are quickly if you sure, don't mind. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Glitch is a independent label that help do a ton of like community events um, and uh, help publish games. Mm -hmm. uh, as I mentioned, they're helping publish HyperDot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right um, here in the Twin Cities in yeah, Minneapolis. Right yeah. um, so uh, they were having a local uh, community event called Playtest where you can bring out your games and stuff. I was like, yeah, I'll bring it down. Because I've been, I was like live tweeting it as I was doing it because I had four days. I was like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I'll let you play this at the end of this. Yeah. Um, so then uh, I brought it down there. And then for two hours straight, we were playing the game. It was, uh, it was amazing. Just the two levels. Just, just the two levels. Yeah. There was nothing else. It was just dodging. Wow. There was just you just dodged and you just had to survive and outlast your friends. Yeah. Um and yeah, we played for like two hours straight. That's it was amazing. A, it was yeah, it was a lot of fun. really encouraged me to uh, keep working on it. I really enjoyed working on it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, one person that was super encouraging was Zach Johnson um, okay. from Space Mace. Um, yeah. They made uh, Joggernauts and such. But he was like, yeah, work on this. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this is a lot of fun to make. Uh, I found <laughs> myself like when I was working on it during the four days, I, there was a point where I was just playing it. Yeah. And then I was playing it for like 15 minutes. And then I realized, I was like, wait, I should. I'm. Just, I have to finish this. I don't, I'm not supposed to be not done. With it. Uh, but yeah. So I was a lot. There was like a lot of uh, uh, that like community encouragement to uh, mm -hmm. keep going and stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
And now there's dozens of levels and there's all these modifiers. Explain to us a little bit about that. Sure. Whatever you do or don't want to spoil. Oh, no, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's there's very little. I will uh, be like, oh, spoilers. Um, But uh, uh, so, yeah, so there's uh, tons of uh, levels. Now there is a single player campaign. Uh, Before it was, again, it was just avoid things Um, so there's uh, over a hundred levels in the single player campaign Um, and then there are uh, modifiers which change the way the game is played so you can have players be twice as big twice as slow change the arena so uh, it's an icy arena uh, where you're constantly slipping uh, no matter what Um, and then uh, there's a dark arena where you can't see everything around you Um, but there's tons of different modifiers Um, and then there's also a level editor so you can make your own levels and you can uh, you can Try and craft the craziest levels that you you can yeah. and stuff like that. That part I I didn't get to see, but you know we together played some of the multiplayer, which was very fun. <laughs> and uh, then I went through some single player. I don't know. I think I got to like level twenty five or something before, yeah. and it wasn't like I was quitting because I didn't want to keep going. It was because oh. so we could talk. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, incredibly fun and so aesthetically beautiful too. Oh, thank you so That's much. That's so cool. How really how that. just. Uh, clean and crisp and you know what I mean? Yeah. It's aesthetically oh, so nice to look at. So awesome. um, how much work on that had, has changed from, from the initial days? Sure. Um, so if you, if you took a screenshot of that original uh, game that I showed yeah. and then take a, took a screenshot now, you would be like, this doesn't look too different. Um, wow. If you uh, saw it in motion then you would be like, okay, there's some polishing that you did, clearly. <laughs> um, but when I initially made the prototype, I had uh, two guiding principles in line, and one of them was minimalism. Uh, so I really wanted to focus on like making sure that the information that you need is clear, but there's not a lot of it so that it's like cluttering the screen and all mm-hmm, that other stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of me like uh, making sure that all of that uh, was like fine-tuned and, and stuff over the years. As you were playing, I mentioned uh, if you turn off the HUD, you're able to keep playing and understand what exactly is going on at any given point. Yeah, uh, which is very cool. It's really cool how you use, you know, because we do play as a little dot, and mm-hmm. it's cool how the dot itself is used to transmit information. Yeah. You know, it's just, well, of course, why not? That's what we're looking at, oh, you yeah, know, generally speaking. So. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. It's, it's super interesting because there's a lot of interesting things that I had to overcome in terms of like all I have if I were to turn off the hood all I have is just this dot that I have to put information on to let you know what this dot is doing um, so easy ones are like you're big well you're big <laughs> yeah um, but like harder ones is like you can collide with other uh, people mm-hmm. um, so like how do I do that or you're dangerous so you don't want to run into each other and, mm-hmm. and like a lot of like information just on the dot itself is just super interesting to or it was a fun like problem to tackle Down. Talk to me about accessibility then, because this game has gotten a lot of attention for people who live with a handicap, and talk to me about that development. Sure. Um, So I never actually intended to, uh, like go down uh, any like accessibility route uh, when I was originally making it. Mm. Um, there was uh, a friend of mine had a Toby eye tracker 
Um, and that is... What's that? Uh, it's basically a thing that you can put on the bottom side of your uh, monitor. Some laptops have this built in. Okay. Um, but it basically has it so that you can use eye tracking um, okay. where it'll figure out where you're looking and mm -hmm. then it'll do whatever based off of whatever the thing that you have on the computer is. Sure. Some games support this. Okay. Um, probably... The biggest like triple A game that supports it is Deus Ex: A uh, Mankind Divided. Wow. Um, okay. This or it has like uh, a couple of features here and there. It was like extended view. So if you look at the edge of the screen, it'll move the it'll wow. move the camera over so that it actually knows that you're looking towards that way. Interesting. So, so yeah, it's a lot of like interesting additional things that a lot of uh, or a couple of games do. Mm -hmm. um, but another friend of mine was joking. He was joking around. I was like, "Oh, you should add eye tracking. That would be that would be funny." And then we would just like burst it out laughing. So, <laughs> so that was a good idea. Yeah. And then, and like, then oh. you did. I was like, "Wait, what if I what if I do that?" And huge credit towards like just like using their software and stuff. Within three hours, I had eye tracking. Really? Uh, in wow. Yeah, and then uh, you were able to play the game with uh, you were able to like play the game with your eyes. That's incredible. Yeah, it was a. Uh, uh, an interesting experience uh, because you're doing the opposite of what you would typically do. What do you mean? If you're playing with like a traditional controller, mm -hmm. you're you're looking at enemies. You're like, okay, that's a bad thing. I don't want to go towards that. Right. So you move or run away. Mm -hmm. But in eye tracking, if you say, oh, that's a bad, and then you just run into it because you're looking at you're it. Because you're looking at it. <laughs> yeah. So you're looking at uh, dead space. You're looking at all of the negative space using your peripheral vision to be like, okay, wow. this is where things are. Amazing. Uh, yeah. It's a, a really interesting thing. And I was like, oh, I'll. this is a novel thing that I'm going to add into it. But then I slowly discovered and found out like this is actually something that people can use to actually play if they have like a motor disability or, mm -hmm. or uh, the like. And another thing that I really wanted to do, uh, as I mentioned, one of my um, one of my pillars was flexibility that originally was like modifier. So you could change whatever you want in the game yep. uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and then another one was like you can uh, use any controller. You can plug in any controller in your computer, and it'll it'll work. So if you plug in a Xbox controller, it works. PS4, sure it works, and it'll show the prompts. Wow. Uh, the Switch, yeah, no problem. I got you. <laughs> um, but uh, then I slowly was like, oh, what if I support even more to help for like different disabilities or like different uh, and interesting uh, controllers that are maybe novel to uh, like a. Your, your traditional player, mm -hmm. um, but um, are like super valuable to uh, others yeah. um, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And then working with Glitch, we reached out to a lot of uh, experts. We worked out with uh, Cherry Ray Thompson, um, who was uh, yeah. instrumental in uh, helping doing the our whole uh, like accessibility campaign and such. Charles. Oh, yes. It's so 
fantastic. Oh, thank you. It so really much. is. And uh, before I let you talk, one of my favorite things about it is it's in two parts. You have the chill version and then the even more chill version, which yes. I love. <laughs> I love awesome. that. It's like, could this be more like relaxing and fun to listen to? And then you're like, yes, it can. <laughs> yeah. It can. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I really. I wanted to. So I really wanted to have it so that there's like a a a version of the song where it's like oh yeah it's a, it's more upbeat you're you can get focused and in the zone it's not necessarily saying like be on edge mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. doom 2016 yeah. no it's not like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. um but like uh, i want you to be focused and like in the zone and you can put it in the background if you want or you can put it in the foreground and be like oh yeah this is and nice nice tunes but yeah. then i do want to have if you go back to the main menu uh you have that like reprieve so i want to have a, a different version where it's like a it's not as intense you're in the main menu you're changing settings you're uh, just like waiting for friends to show up so that they can actually sit down and play things like that So I guess I, I should have been more specific. I mean, people oh, yeah, yeah. have probably inferred now, but <laughs> but uh, the the two versions are the game versions and then the main menu versions. Yes. And the main menu version is is uh, maybe a less percussive version right, as yeah. as the in game menu, which is just so cool. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was uh, an, another thing that I just really wanted to do is uh, uh, have those like be distinct enough to be like, oh, this it's not as. Uh, I'm not always constantly on edge, even though they're still relatively chill. with the game in fun ways too like when you slow time down the music slows down yeah when you're pausing the music fades out for not out but down and yeah you know so you can think and readjust and and reset so definitely you know it's clear that you're you know not only the game is visually great but um just the audio is really thoughtful too yeah thank you so much um so I'm really interested in how your mind kind of puts all these things together and in what order they come because, mm-hmm. um, you know, how early did you start writing music for the game? And then then was it just like the game is mostly built and now we're going to kind of make this audio really tailored to it? Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how did that go? Uh, so uh, a bit of a confession. <laughs> uh, the game for maybe two and a half to three years had one song. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, it was the same song that I had when I first made that first prototype. Okay. Uh, I had, I multiple times tried to make different songs, but I was like, I didn't know what exactly kind of, or what exactly the, like the, 
the genre of music that I wanted, okay. uh, like truly wanted. But like that first song fit the game so well that I was like, I have to reach this bar. I can't, <laughs> I can't not make this. Which and, one was that? Which um, track? It is called Progressive. made the identity of Hyperdot, uh, what was then anti-piracy, but uh, <laughs> of Hyperdot, it was like, oh yes, it was it's, this is this song, or this game, um, when you hear that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just had the, you know, these lofty goals of me being an artiste and being <laughs> like, oh, I don't know, I want to make sure that it, it really, like, fits with all of these things and, yeah. and stuff like that. So you had one song. So where did the rest of them come from? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, I did eventually figure out that I wanted to really do a more relaxed uh, state. So it's less of uh, less super in your in your face kind of things, as, a, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, but like more uh, like a wide variety of genres mm-hmm. um, because I want I also wanted to just like learn to do those uh, different genres and things um, where I was like uh, I attempted but I failed at making a like a 90s Chicago house song <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't didn't make it uh, inside of there but uh, <laughs> I made uh, like industrial uh, uh, sounding uh, electronic music all of this stuff is uh, like based in like electronic music mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. things like that but like I've never really made those kind of uh, kind of tracks and I wanted to like move on and figure out and, and do that, that kind of stuff writing music before all of this have you done that on and off yes okay. uh so actually i've been writing music probably since i was 15 okay um i was using a software called noteworthy composer uh, yep. yeah yeah um, and i was like oh yeah this is great <laughs> well it was at the time <laughs> yeah at the time this is great <laughs> midis yep. and then i remember one day uh like my computer got updated and then the midi sounded different and then i, I was like <gasps> no uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, so yeah, I've been uh, making music and composing music uh, okay. for that long. But I've I'm actually a jazz musician, so I play alto sax, and I've been playing since I was in the second grade.
It's funny that you say that you're primarily a jazz player because I can definitely hear those harmonies. Oh yeah, especially in that first track. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I love that. that oh yeah, that, that influence is heard in this kind of EDM almost. You know yeah. what I mean? It's great. Yeah, those. Um, so like the genres that I'm uh, the most comfortable in is like jazz, uh, hip hop, and uh, electronic. Love um, that. Yeah, and I just love like grabbing from uh, tons of different like influences. In mm-hmm. fact, a lot of the songs that I did end up making uh, were inspired by like songs that I've listened to since I was like a kid. Like um, what? Uh, so one of the tracks is called Gray Area. And it's super like drum and bass heavy. Yeah. Um, and the game that I was actually inspired by was Extreme G. Okay. Um, that's back on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> uh, but it has like killer, killer like drum and bass heavy electronic, like super moody kind of uh, nice. uh, sounds in there. like super inspired by it so I, I was yeah. just trying to figure out like how how do they uh, use their like different cadences and, and things like that yes and it was just um, cadences being endings to phrases just yes. in fra- oh, musical phrase a musical statement um, but yeah I was just like super interested in um, in like how they made uh, their sounds and, and stuff like that but like yeah. that is like really typical of almost all the songs in the game where I was just inspired by um, certain tracks and other things and yeah. grabbing from uh from songs that I have been like listening to, uh, I was I was listening to um, Sirius XM Chill for <laughs> two for two years straight. And I was like, <laughs> I need to figure out what exactly I want. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I was just trying to trying to get that down and uh, grab inspiration from wherever I could. more than about how you created the music like sure. what uh how do you write sure um so sometimes i get uh inspiration from uh like i said from a, a song or a soundtrack mm-hmm. uh, uh for instance for the the extreme g uh, reference that i was talking about yeah. uh i was like going through that uh album and i i really want because i really wanted to have a drum and bass song mm-hmm. uh, and i they just have so so many good ones but I was going through and just trying to figure out how exactly they structure their song or what do they leave out uh, that I I felt like I wasn't necessarily brave enough to just be like, yeah, I should leave this out or I feel like I need to fill in uh, space. It's kind of like um, uh, a thing that I learned from a lot of jazz mentors is a lot of new players are like, I got to keep playing or I can't not have like space. I have to keep playing notes. I just Mm got to do it in order to make me sound good. Yeah. Um, But like having the, the, like the bravery to just say, no, I'm going to just let it breathe. Yeah. Not, not have anything. 
um, just like learning that and like looking at that stuff. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of that in, um, uh, especially in the like the extreme G, extreme G two, uh, <laughs> super good. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, there was a lot of that where they they were able to have it so that it the like the structure was uh, just super solid. Yep. Um, yep. So there was a lot of me going out there and and doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. I would open up. Uh, I use FL Studio. Oh, okay. The next software that I use after Noteworthy <laughs> was FL Studio. Okay. <laughs> um, I've never used that one. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Uh, I've never used it. Oh, I'm no. not a composer, though, so oh, I mean, sure, I haven't sure. been exposed to all of them, but... Oh, no, no, no yeah, worries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it really fits my workflow. So cool. um, part, uh, part way of that is that um, uh, I would just open it up and then I would be like, I just need to get whatever is in my head out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just like put in a piano and then just start playing it or like most of the time I would uh, start with like a, a progression or like a, a yep. baseline or mm-hmm. something like that that would be like okay this is kind of what I want cool. uh, out of it and a lot of the songs I wanted to have be lean more towards the repetitive uh, sound rather than melodic mm-hmm. uh, largely because I don't want to have it so that uh, the music is like overbearing while you're uh, trying to play the game yeah uh because yeah if if there's like a song and you're like oh i need a like belt out a (laughs) an opera or something like that uh, (laughs) while you're while you're trying to uh, dodge all these things Mm -hmm. uh i don't want to be too distracting yeah Uh, and that's why i want to have it so that you can have it in in your like you're not actively listening you're passively listening Mm -hmm, to the song mm -hmm. and it's just like giving you the emotions of like all right i'm focusing i'm i'm doing this kind of stuff basically make a small snippet of the song of like how do i want like the loudest part or like when everything is put together uh Mm -hmm. and then i would try and arrange it to flow in between different uh these kind of or like uh different uh sections of the song and put in different layering and, and things like that You mentioned that um, you're pr- you listen mostly to jazz and hip hop and uh, electronic. Electronic. Yeah. Okay. So, um, talk to me about some of your favorite artists from each of those sure. spots. Um, so, my my favorite genre of all is mm-hmm. hip hop. Okay. Um, and I am stuck in the '90s. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So, uh, like my favorite solo artist 
technically it's not a solar as a group. But my favorite rapper yeah. is Eric B and Rakim. So Rakim is just amazing. And I just love that. Love Rakim. Okay. Um, and then my favorite group is A Tribe Called Quest. There's probably a couple of actually. Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Roll up the sleeves. (laughs) There is an achievement called Didn't Know the Ledge, which is a reference to uh, Rakim's song, uh, Juice, Know the Ledge. There's a level in the game called Know the Ledge, and if you die in it, you'll get the achievement Didn't Know the Ledge. Spray with automatics, they wet me up in a puddle of blood. I lay close to the edge. I guess I didn't know the ledge. Some of my favorite jazz uh, musicians, uh, John Coltrane is like um, up there. Yeah, is uh, <laughs> like really high up there. Okay. Uh, Kenny Garrett is another one uh, oh, for yeah. alto sax. Is yeah, just, yeah. One of my jazz mentors, uh, Solomon Parham. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, trumpeter. Uh, yeah, trumpeter. Yeah. Um, he was like a huge influence in, in because he also does pr- uh, music production as well. Okay. Actually, I have a huge folder. Um, where he was like, here, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of samples. And I was like, oh, my goodness, thank you. Wow. And I've been using it ever since. Wow. Um, so that's like, awesome. Yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, like one of the people that he got me into uh, was Roy Hargrove. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my Rest goodness. Rest in peace, man. <laughs> yeah. It was just like phenomenal just listening to that stuff. Yeah. Like one of my uh, famous live performances is from him in uh, Strasbourg St. Denis. Yeah. Uh, it's just like goodness sake yeah but yeah so there's a lot of that uh and then in like electronic land yeah um, <laughs> yeah uh there's a lot of like dead mouse that uh i'm super into especially a lot of like progressive house so dead mouse would like fit all, almost a lot of that um zircon uh zircon is yeah a, uh yeah the uh, he's a video game guy. video game guy yeah without him and him making fl studio songs uh i would not know how to make songs uh, like uh i learned so much from just like watching his tutorials going through uh his the example like sample projects that fl studio comes with uh, one Ooh. of them uh was his just hold on and i just like dissected how do you how do you do all of these things wow. i want to learn how to uh do automations what is that like all of these <laughs> things i was just like pouring over yeah. um and i like i it's so good, so good. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I would, I would just like uh, learn from all these things and and get influences from a lot of these people. Well, again, I mean, the game, it's just, it's so beautiful. It makes it's, it's really smart. Like oh. when you look at it, you're like, this is brilliant. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> you know, and it, it looks great and it sounds great. The music is fun. Oh, thank um, you. Just really a pleasure to have get to talk to you about it. Oh yeah, no, thank you so much for having me here. I really yeah. do appreciate it. Thanks for listening to episode 125 of Level with Emily Reese. You can see a playlist and learn more about Charles McGregor at patreon.com slash level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi. You can follow us on Twitter at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiggy Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media, Inc.